a Highline podcast. Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know that this episode is about cussing, and while we will be beeping all said cuss words, it honestly might be a little bit annoying to you, so just wanted to give you a heads up on that. But it is about cussing, so even if you do have small children with you, you might want to listen separately. We do talk about that in this episode. Um, But if you do want to listen to the unedited, uncensored version where we do say God, Jesus Christ, all the fun words. If you're a patron, you can listen to that on the bonus feed if you don't want to hear all the beeps. You're going to make me beep all those now too, huh? Sorry, Stephen. (laughs) This is Ravel, a roundtable show about the complexity of faith in the age of information. My name's Josh. I'm Stephen. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of American Christianity, and we still keep thinking about how to take it seriously, even as we leave some beliefs behind. We think theology should be an exploratory dialogue. So our hope is that this podcast will encourage growth, both for individuals and communities. We don't have all the answers, but we're here to sort out as much as we can over a drink or two. Join us as we ravel out our faith in a complex world, pulling on one thread at a time, seeking meaning at the end of it all. Thanks for listening. And we're back, friends. Hey, welcome to April. We did it. Yeah, happy April. We're here. April, finally. Creeping up on Holy Week. How are you feeling about that, Emily? Uh, Dude, I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Already. (laughs) Already. No, I get it, man. Easter time for a pastor is like. It's worse than Christmas. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I've heard that. It's worse than Christmas, hands down. Yeah, for sure. Hot take. I think it's probably worse for Christmas for a denomination like yours that makes Holy Week all about the week. Whereas my church oh. didn't really do anything. It was just like an extra good Friday service in Easter Sunday. Sure. Sure. But okay. like you go all out every day is a thing for you. Every day. Yeah. It is huge. Yeah. I forget about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's great. What are we drinking today? I'm drinking because I was tired of a hot beverage and it's still snowing um, on the day that we're recording. And I realized in the back of my fridge, I had a tangerine LaCroix. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wait, is this your first LaCroix on the show? I think on the no. show. Yeah. On the show. No. Yeah. I feel like it yeah. is episode 81. It takes Emily 81 <laughs> episodes. What? I've, I've, I've had many a LaCroix. Don't get me wrong. but uh, Oh, for sure. But on the show. But on the show, I I feel like Mm. it's like definitely Josh's beverage of choice. So I want to give him, I want to honor him in that regard. You know, I I accept your love offering. I got to say, as a podcaster, you have to be careful with LaCroix because those burps will sneak up on you every once in a while. Oh boy, they sure do. Yeah. They sure do. Josh, please tell me you're drinking a LaCroix. No, I made myself an iced AeroPress of the Highline blend that I have on hand right now. I must say, I, I really enjoy it iced. It's very refreshing. It's good. It's because it's the best blend. Can you tell me your AeroPress method? Could you give me that real fast? Uh, yeah, sure. So you, uh, for iced or for hot? Uh, I want to know ice. Okay, so you put your ice in the cup, almost all the way full, not quite. Put your filter and the, the basket thing on, put the grounds in, 
splash, dump a bunch of hot water in there, stir, 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 only maybe about like halfway full. Just let it sit for a while. You don't really have to time it. And then forget about it for a second. And then as it's like dripping over the ice, then give it a nice push through. Nice. And you're done. Maybe add some more ice because the hot will like melt the ice. Sure, sure. What's your grounds to water? Like grounds up to the one and then water up to the four or... I always do 20 grams of coffee just to like keep it consistent. It's like easy to play around with. Okay. Um, but for iced, I usually just like fill half the AeroPress. So I think that's the two. Oh, with water. But you, cause just you for... don't want to do it all the way full of water. So you're kind of making like a concentrated brew. That's why you kind of want to forget about it for a second. More of like an espresso shot. And also give it like a good couple stirs. I like that. Y'all are speaking a foreign Turns language really to good. me. I'm into that. That's very fun. Well, I'll tell you what's not Emily, foreign. Emily, even tried to make it accessible. Yeah, right? I'll tell you what's not foreign is the Highline blend. Because Emily, you know where to find that. That's on the Highline merch shop. So Yeah, heck yeah. We read. It freaking, is genuinely good. I really enjoy it. We read ads for it. So it's good. Steven, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am on a key lime LaCroix. So I was hoping you were on a LaCroix today, yeah. Josh. But you failed. I thought this was going to be just like... The stars align, as it were. Nope. But oh, speaking of stars aligning, thank you for handing that one to me. That was smooth. <laughs> um, we are approaching very rapidly 100 episodes. Like we, we yes, we're only 19 away now, mm-hmm. but we're very rapidly approaching. So uh, to celebrate this momentous occasion, we are trying to ramp up our reviews. We are trying to reach 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts and 100 reviews on Spotify. So help us out. Uh, if you've given us a listen, give us some honest feedback. Give us a review, some stars on there. And we're just trying to like celebrate actually putting out 100 episodes because we are like just rounding the corner. Like it's going to come quick. Yeah. Labor of love, baby. Amazing. So thanks for listening. Yes, indeed. Thank you for listening along. Uh, hopefully today's episode will not scare you. I have to promise you that this still will be child appropriate. <laughs> But if this is your first time, Emily and I have no idea what's about to come down All the pipe. Right. You I'm so confused. Sons of <laughs> You ready for a conversation about <laughs> cussing? I have to ask. I have to ask. Did you rehearse that? I wrote it in my Evernote. I, that sentence oh is in <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I want to. I think it's time that we talk about Christians and cussing because it was one of the larger taboos of my life growing up, Mm. and uh, now I just feel no fear about it. (laughs) Clearly, I love it. Let's go. Let's do it. How were you two raised to think about like bad words, cuss words, naughty words? It's complicated. I remember being raised to actually i don't remember being exposed to like what we think of as like the typical four letter words until probably mid high school because uh whoa wow that's a long time i was homeschooled until high school so like i think i'd probably heard the s word um actually i guess it doesn't matter if we say it on here because you're just gonna beep it anyway it's gonna be a lot of beeping but that's why that's why i promise (laughs) but that's funnier (laughs) that we (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that this is still child safe will be a lot of beeping, but it is the topic of cussing. Okay. So, so yeah. So I was, uh, I knew that there were bad words out there and I was like kind of taught a little bit to like use not as bad words, but I was also kind of taught 
like it's still the same thing if you're like calling someone a name. Like it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. words you're using, it's still mm-hmm. just as bad. Oh, interesting. Okay. So like there was kind of like a little bit of like nuance there, I think. Yeah, I was definitely not raised around many cussing people. What about you, Emily? <laughs> Steven, you know my family. <laughs> sure do. Oh, I don't know your family. <laughs> your family is I like, barely know you. I'll say this. Your family is a <laughs> delight. <laughs> So we joke um, that my mother talks like a sailor. Classic Air Force. <laughs> because she has, be- she has been known <laughs> to throw out the occasional F-bomb. My dad, in my, in my uh, lifetime, he was in a garage band. And so, you know, he was in bars and he was in at venues and things like that. And so I was always surrounded by other people cussing not necessarily like my parents all the time cussing mm. uh, but man it was alive and well and i think for me my parents didn't care so much if we cussed they cared if we a used it grammatically correct hilarious or if we were overusing it so if it was just like oh f- this sh- blah, blah, blah. like if it just became too much they were like okay you can dial it back so like, like my intro on. is a bit much that yes, my my mother especially would have probably fallen out of her chair. Um, <laughs> but shout out to Linda. My mom, my mom though, especially she. I think she hated it more when I would use substitutionary cussing. So like instead instead Thank of you. saying like, oh son of a, it would be oh son of a biscuit. She got more mad that I said son of a biscuit than actually saying son of a. And I think it's because. She like they just knew like if Emily, if you really need to cuss, like just say it, but try to not cuss. So like the fact that you're even trying to find a substitution to cuss, like you can totally just not. And I've definitely I've definitely found myself cussing more than in my earlier uh, youth ages, for sure. (laughs) But people definitely have weird opinions about cussing. The more you cuss, the more intellectual you are. At least that's what everyone likes to say. I think it's just an excuse. I've to never cuss. heard that. Is that a thing? Yeah, that people really. Say it is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. I okay. So in high school, wait, wait. I just remembered another one. In college, I had to do this uh, acting class, and uh, me and uh, this we it was like partners for this one scene, and so you like were given a play, and then you had to decide like who was doing each part, and I had not read the script, and so I like asked my partner, I was like, "Do you care which one you're on?" He's like, "I was like, I don't care which one I am," and he's like, "Oh, great, I'm gonna choose this one." The part that I was was some very vulgar words. Like I had to, I dropped multiple, f- multiple f words, and then I also had to like describe a woman's f- in detail at oh, one point. Oh my! And it was like it was a pretty vulgar scene, but we were mobsters, you know. We were like we were like we were the mob. Wow! Um, so it was like the part. But I will never forget my theater teacher after our like rehearsal. He was like giving us feedback and he's like, Josh, I don't know how you do it, but every time you say the F word, it sounds like you're saying it for the very first time. And I wish I could do it. (laughs) And were you saying it for the first time, Josh? I was not, contrary to popular belief, but I was like, thank you. Maybe maybe that is deeper ingrained in me than I thought. That's maybe. That sounds so funny. That's so good. Oh, God. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) to the to the point I was about to make before your story, I think a well-placed quote unquote cuss word 
in my opinion, can elevate humor. I think I'm going to be giggling this entire episode just because like <laughs> a well-placed word like that, I feel like has a, the power to elevate humor in my mind and in my oh, eyes. Oh, for sure. How many, how many of us were like really worried about like clean music or clean comedians growing up? Because nope. I certainly was. Oh, I feel like nope. I was a little bit. I was all about Brian Regan for the clean comedy. Everyone loves Jim Gaffigan because he's clean. Yeah. But have you ever heard him on a podcast? Dude is not clean. That's his act. Really? No, he is not. That's fascinating. I have not. That's interesting. It's amazing. It's like a whole new person. I, he talks about it pretty in depth with Mike Birbiglia on his podcast, Working It Out. Oh. Um, will you send that to me? That sounds really interesting. Totally. I'll put it in the show notes, too, because, yeah. I. Uh, it is good. I think that's the thing to realize about comedians is like, it's an act. It's not like they're not aware that cuss words exist. They're making a choice. I think that's what is interesting about cussing and like Christian opinions about cussing is it feels censored. Mm -hmm. Like I think when you hear someone cuss, it sounds it feels like you're hearing the unedited version of them. And like in some Ooh. cases that might be true. But like in other cases, like comedians, for example, like they use it as a part of their act. Like it, they're putting on a show. Totally. Which doesn't mean it's not authentic, but like. That's a shtick. Do you find that the uncensored version of someone who is comfortable with cussing feels more authentic to you? Yes. Oh, hands down. I think it's very contextual for me. Oh. Like, Emily, the, what is it about? What, why does it make you feel like it's more authentic? Well, at least for me, when people engage in conversation with me, they know I'm a pastor. And so when they feel that they have to censor themselves, I'm like, dude, come on. You can you can talk to me like as a person like I'm not standing here in front of you with a robe and stole and like forcing <laughs> communion down your throat. Like you can talk to me as an individual. Yes, I'm a pastor, but I'm also a human being <laughs> like it's OK. I think people just get caught off guard when they hear me say a cuss word and they're like, <gasps> oh my gosh, she's a woman of the cloth. Like, she shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, I'm, I'm also a person. Like, if I see, you know, my sports teams, when I get pissed off, I'm going to say, what the f*** are you doing? I'm not going to censor myself. Be like, oh, sorry, Jesus. Like, please take this from my lips. What no, I'm going to be mad. What are you doing, bro? Frick. Like, that just, I want to be genuine and like, I want to know how you like how you speak. And so, okay, but what the frick and what the crap, I think, are some of the funniest phrases. I what love the crap saying is that. really funny. Mm -hmm. I do love saying that. Yeah. But I mean, that that kind of goes to uh, what annoyed Linda about the substitutions. Right. It's like I feel like there's a substitution for everything. Son of a biscuit oh. is a fantastic one because like there's no real substitution you can make to that phrase no, biscuit not. happens to kind of rhyme but like that's it <laughs> frick crap even like dang instead of damn. dang mm -hmm. it's or son of a gun that's another one <sighs> yeah so do you think christians are afraid of cuss words I think they're afraid of the consequence of using a cuss word ah. but I don't know if they're afraid so, of the cuss word pop quiz what's the third amendment no, the third commandment, not the third <laughs> amendment. <laughs> For the record, the third amendment is no courting of soldiers. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the fourth amendment, isn't it? No, that's no, the right the to third. privacy is the fourth amendment. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that was so funny. I kind of gave myself away there. What's the third <laughs> commandment of the Ten Commandments? Do not... To take uh, the Lord's name in vain. No. Yeah. Is it? Just yeah. kidding. No, yes. nope. Well, <laughs> I've been reading that Bible. <laughs> but like, the last Ten Commandments I saw was outside of Focus on the Family in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I was like questioning whether or not like they were actually this is interesting. I didn't even tell you guys about this. They like some of the commandments they didn't like include the full thing of. And I was like getting into a conversation of like, why did they like not include the full thing of that one? But they did of number six or whatever. Huh? But uh, yeah. OK, so yeah. Third commandment. Uh, oh, the Lord's name in vain thing is interesting because like I don't think that that applies to other curse words. Mm. Like I don't mm. think it should conceptually. Do you think it gets conflated? For some Christians, just to say, maybe like, one cuss word is all cuss word or something. I do hear the argument of like, well, like you're not holding someone in good regard if you're like trying to curse them. Like if you're trying to make them feel like you need to check yourself. Hmm. Like, and I think that that can be a valid argument. Yeah, I I don't know. Do you think it's related to taking God's name in vain? I think for me, a lot of the scrupulosity around cussing early in my life was all tied back to the third commandment of just like, I, like I know Paul has some things to say about wholesome speech, right. And like edifying each other. And I think that is all kind of wrapped up in this concept and the way Christians think about it. But yeah, I think, I think for me, like I remember the first time I, I didn't even realize I did it, but I had watched, I had watched top gun for the first time classic Tom Cruise movie about F-14 fighter jets. And Val Kilmer, hello. Thank you, Val Kilmer. And at one point, he's like doing a barrel roll and he yells like, Jesus Christ. And like later that night after watching that movie, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I was just goofing around. And I said that and my dad was like, what did you say? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I will never say anything again, I think. <laughs> Because I hate this feeling. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like that's a really good example of like, I think a lot of Christian parents are concerned about their kids being exposed to words that are like not child appropriate. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think that like, like going along with like the censorship thing, I think that it's somewhat admirable of some Christians to like, be on board with such a like verbal type of consent. Like they don't want to allow their children to be exposed to something that like, they don't know what they're consenting to. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Wow. I guess that's what we're offering when we beep all these words, right? Is like, sure. You know, like, Oh, you didn't sign up to like, listen to me say like, Oh, f that. Yeah, like you have no idea what I'm about to say, and I like yeah. I can give you the courtesy of not giving you the full brunt of that. And every right. adult can fill in the gap of what's behind the censored beep. But I want Courtney to be able to listen to the episode with her kid in the back seat and not have to like be like, ah, now I have to explain what that new word meant because new words to kids are like candy it's like uh, they they'll just repeat new words ad nauseum because that's what our brains do with new words right right mm -hmm. that's a really that is very charitable i like that josh i also like think it's very close to the modern conception of professionalism and oh. like i do think like treating people in a very wholesome edifying way does go a long way so i will admit it does seem like a good strategy to like 
get people to like you. Yeah. But there is something like really real. Like for me, at least like I in work contexts, I think that there is definitely like a little bit of residual Christian belief about cussing that like made me not want to like just make cussing a regular part of my vocabulary. But then what I've noticed in work context is like when I do let one slip, people's reactions to me are really interesting. They're like, oh, I've never heard you say that before. Huh. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong, isn't it? <laughs> like it's like way more effective in some cases. It has more power. Yeah. For sure. Well, I remember when I cussed on this podcast, like Stephen was like floored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though I'm pretty sure you've heard me cuss at like basketball games. <sighs> I just blocked that from my memory, I think. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Sure. Something like that. It was loud enough. Plausible deniability. Um, yeah. All right. So have you heard the argument of like, we don't cuss because we don't want to ruin our witness? No. Of like where we want to be like upstanding citizens or upstanding Christians. Oh, oh I guess in that. It was yeah. like, it was the most like low hangingest of fruit to be like, Live in such a way that makes people wonder what's different about you. You know, like <laughs> you don't cuss, and the rest of people cuss. That was like right. the oh simplest boy. example that was given in youth group. Was like, hey, if you don't cuss, other people on the basketball team are going to be cussing. They're going to notice you're different. They're going to wonder why you invite them to youth group. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, like it oh is a really boy. strange form of behavior control because on one hand, like mm. I can get on board with like wholesome talk. Um, like be edifying of each other, like be professional, like that can apply, like whether or not you're religious. Oh, exactly. Totally. But, but like trying to make not cussing a marker of Christianity mm-hmm. is really fascinating. Yeah. And I could argue that like, if we are celebrating just a huge win, you know, Josh, you got a new job. You got to leave the job that you were finding very draining and not life giving. Yeah. F- that place. <laughs> No, okay, so there's there's a way to vent anger, for sure, that, like, <laughs> saying that I had a day captures a lot more to you yes. of what I mean than if I say, like, oh, I had a crappy day, you know? Like, it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't capture the same emotion. So for you, if there is some anger still to be processed, saying, like, that place, it feels a lot more cathartic than, like, frick that place, first of all. <laughs> But also, like, what's the Grab other way? That place. <laughs> but also, what's the other way of saying that? At the same time, you leave that job, and I am over the moon excited for you because I know how much energy you've lost at the old place. You get the new job, and I say, like, yeah, dude, that's amazing. Yeah, uh-huh. is that not edifying? Mm-hmm. I I find it wholesome. You know, totally, it is. So, like, is it really just about the syllables that our mouths can make? That's a rhetorical question, clearly, because I don't think God is surprised that our mouths make these sounds (laughs) or that they happen to mean something in our language that they mean, you know? Sure. So I think, Josh, I think the way you kind of highlighted being raised around the idea of like, it's really not the words like you can you can call someone a bad name and that's effectively the same thing, Mm -hmm. like the intent of like a jab. So, like, I can say I had a day and you know what I mean. I can say I ran into a person and you know what I mean. I can say to that person's face that they're a piece of And now I think I've crossed a line. Mm. Okay, so 
I think this is an interesting thread to run down because I think that slurs are very tangential to cussing. And I think that like some of the Christian critique I've heard of curse words, like calling them cursing, huh. is actually like closer of a concept to slurs. Yeah. Because like I think that you make a good point. Like the the minute you call a woman a you've crossed the line. Mm-hmm. But like if you're using it to like self-describe, it feels different. Like when you're like pointing it at someone versus like using it situationally to emphasize something for effect. Like comedy. Comedy is a great example, I think. Like you're using it for effect. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it less genuine. But like yeah. the minute you're like pointing the arrow and trying to jab someone with it, I think it's qualitatively different. And I will give Christians credit to like speaking up against that. But I also think Christians are guilty of that and like try to act like they're not because they're not using certain words. Well, that's the thing, too, is like justifying. Oh, it's in the Bible. So like hell or damned or, you know, it's like to try to get away with cussing. It's like we've made that joke before. (laughs) I never understood that. Really? That means you're not bleeping the word because that's in the Bible. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I like how you just said dang it after saying. (laughs) 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 This is going to be so much editing work. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you brought this upon yourself, dude. I know. I know. We just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there, and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology. If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between. And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency. For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color. Ravel is a founding podcast of the Heinlein Media Network. And here's a word from one of our sister shows, The Whiskey Bench. Our sort of fundamental institutions, like separate branches of power, representative government coupled with like a republic style to prevent mob rule, right? Pure democracy is mob rule. So all these checks that we have against that, the separation of powers, an independent judiciary, our constitutional rights, all of these fundamental things that were so unique in America's formation. Despite all of our flaws, those things have held and they are so important to hold on to because those are the only things that are limiting state authority and guaranteeing any semblance of individual autonomy. Have you ever bought a bag of coffee from the grocery store and wished it wasn't roasted like a month in the past? 
Steven, I literally play a game. I literally do this where I go to a grocery store and I play how old is the oldest bean I can find that's roasted. So here's the thing with the Highline blend made by our friends at Revel Coffee, every bag that you order is specially roasted for you the day the order is submitted and it is shipped to your door within a few days. So it is fresh roasted, literally the best quality you could get. Emily, how do you make coffee at home? I do not make coffee at home, oh. so I'm very excited to try this, but I know some of you probably already drink coffee. You might as well drink coffee that's from the one of the best roasters ever, and it supports one of your favorite podcasts. Order the Highline Blend now on our merch store, highline.network slash shop. So what do you think the line is like regarding I don't, maybe not the line, like, why is there such a complication with Christians and slurring? Like, obviously being opposed to, like, curse words in general and, like, certain words, but then, like, in some contexts, Christians having a reputation for, like, being loose with slurs and not seeing them as such. Hmm. I think the definition of slurs are not always universal. Hmm. As in, like, it's hard to get people to see that they are slurs to some people? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think probably it's just a question of being, like, what cultural moment were you captured in your most developmental years? Mm. I have far older relatives than I that still use the N-word to talk about black people. Oh, mm mm-hmm. And they Mm. do it, like, they're not saying it in a way that's, like, hate-filled it just feels like matter of fact to them sure also i think we just discovered a line because i said n-word and did not beep anything totally mm-hmm. i i do think that that's a good example because like unfortunately christianity has a history with racism and slavery mm-hmm. especially in america and that word has not been seen by lots of white christians as a bad word as a slur well, right. and I think, I think the, I think the community also takes ownership of the word. So, like nowadays, like in a lot of Black communities, like they will use that word, and it's it's okay for them to use that word because, like, they've taken they have taken that word and have changed and owned it in a way that is different than if a Caucasian individual was to say that mm-hmm. word. Same with like queer. Right. Like for the longest time, like mm-hmm. queer was bad. But now, like people in that community, like they've owned it, they've claimed it, they have redefined it for themselves. But there are still some people who will use it as a derogatory, you know, slur. And I think it just shows the power of words and whether or not A, who's using it, and B, the power that we give it. Uh, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Cause I, <sighs> I hate to plug this a third. No, I don't hate to plug it. I was proud of what I said, but like, so I was on the whiskey bench talking about Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan had famously a video come out of him just saying the N word so many times. Right. And while I do think he misstepped, even if I can, like I've listened to Joe Rogan quite a bit in the past and like so many contextual moments of him discussing the use of the word has been with like, black friends of his fellow comedians who are trying to figure out like where is the line 
especially when it's like so part of a comedian's job. I mean, it, it's so it's an ice cold take to say that comedians toe the line of like social acceptability, right? So like he uses that word, a smash cut of him using that word goes out and he gets more or less canceled for it, right? At least for a time people were talking about that and that's all they were talking about. But like what feels weird to me even about that is that I don't necessarily think we need to give the N word itself like the magical power of uh, like saying Voldemort in the world of Harry Potter does, you know, Mm. that feels very weird to me. Like I personally will not use it. I won't use it this episode. I will continue to talk about it as the N word, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it deserves like the the magical power of Voldemort rather than he who must not be named. Sure. Even though I guess I'm doing that. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Like, in some ways, I think Emily brings up a good point that, like, it is hard for people to admit that the meaning and impact of a word changes depending on who is using it. Like, whether that is, like, across racial lines or power dynamic lines or clergy. Like, I think that that's why so many people Mm got... Maybe not up in arms, but like so many people were talking about Mark Driscoll as the cussing pastor because, like, in some ways that is taboo. Like, for someone in clergy to just be flippantly saying all the time or from the pulpit, like, that is seen as yeah. pushing the boundary. And I think it's hard, like, because words seem so objective, it's hard for people to see the subjectivity of the usage of them, I think. But, like, I really agree with your point, Stephen, about, like, like, are we just allowing words to hold power over us as if, like, if we uttered them, like, in some ways, I want to be careful about this, but in some ways, it's a type of purity culture, I think. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. as if, like, I utter the word and, like, everything could come to a halt or, like, I could be ruined. It's tainted. Yeah. But, like, in some ways, but, but also, like, hold people accountable for what they're saying. Like, if they are being abusive and harmful they should be held accountable. Mm. But I think like, like this is the part of me speaking that is like holding on to the idea of Christianity. Like I believe redemption is possible. Like if someone was using like bad slurs, like I think that they also have the right to change and admit that like I made a huge mistake. I should not have said that and like be genuine about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's hard to do. Which, from what I could tell, Joe Rogan had that exact moment. Oh, you could tell? I mean, I, so, like I said, I used to listen to him quite a bit. The only reason I stopped listening to Joe Rogan, to be frank, is because he moved to Spotify, where I refuse to listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to us on Spotify, give us a rating. Also covered <laughs> on my Whiskey Bench episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, I, I used to listen to him. He's introduced to... He's introduced me to many people that I still follow like Jonathan Haidt is a fantastic example and whatever his apology got you know his second apology for the smash cut video in particular felt genuine to me you know like it that felt like he was having a moment of like yeah I like I I know how this conversation was going and I know in what context this was, but that doesn't make an excuse for me. And I'm not going to even try to make an excuse for it. I'm just going to say I was wrong and I'm sorry and I'm going to do better. You know, mm-hmm. that's the vibe I got from him. I, yeah, I will admit too, like the 
like the seemingly Christian concept of like, we don't cuss does kind of avoid those situations. Like it avoids you getting trapped in these like, Mm. well, did you hear what he said? Mm. That's true. Back to kind of like a above board, above reproach. I think professionalism is honestly a good word. Like I, that hadn't occurred to me until you mentioned it, Josh. Oh, interesting. So certainly certain words have different meanings coming from different people, which kind of brings me back to this concept or brings us back to this concept of like slurs. And sometimes a slur is a slur to someone and not the other Mm -hmm. and where it gets sticky. But ultimately that it still brings me back to the question of like, have we found a line yet of, is it the cuss word we're really worrying about? Or is it really like the heart of the way we are speaking to another person or about Mm. another person? I think it's, um, you know, the intention of the word. And, and I think that's why, like when I hear, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain, it's not so much like you're cussing or what I think it's the emptiness, you know, it's the irreverent, use that we have when we like take the lord's name in vain and i think cussing or cursing however you want to say it <laughs> um can be the same where if we're using it in an emptiness like if we are using it to direct it at at someone in an irreverent way then i think that is what is more harmful than the word itself wait say that again so like if i you was- think it's more irreverent to just like target someone regardless of the word that they're using. Yeah. So like you think it's more reverent to say, let's go Brandon than f- Joe Biden. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I guess I like kind of see what you're saying. I'm not sure if I'm on board with it though. Like I, I see what you're saying about like, like it almost feels like a little, I feel like what you're saying is like, it feels a little misleading to not just come out and say it. Is that kind of what you're saying? Right. Yeah. It feels misleading to you because I think you have a relationship with the words that are healthy but like man if you need a substitution that makes you feel all sorts of the same poisonous anger as someone else would feel just saying like the president and Mm -hmm. if you need a substitution that is that feels like some sort of weird secret code to (laughs) an underground society you know even though everyone Mm -hmm. knows what we're talking about I think it just it satisfies the same feeling in the end right Well, I think that's what's really interesting about taboo words in general, is they're often very emotive. What would you consider, like, in today's world, like, in in Christian, you know, realm, what would you consider to be a taboo word nowadays? I think all of the classic curse words are probably still mostly taboo. In Christian terms? You think so? I think a lot of sexual nature Mm -hmm. words as well, just because of... Like purity culture. That's what I was thinking. That's like that. That's an interesting one because I like, I'll hear the phrase, oh, someone is acting like a. Oh, all the time. Right. But it sucks the air out of a room. If someone says someone is acting like a. Yeah. Mm. You know, and it's like, whoa, there, that feels like a taboo word to me, honestly. Yeah. Felt weird to say it just now. (laughs) Right. I bet it did. Thank God I'm beeping these. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's probably a confluence of what, or what Josh just said of both classic cuss words and like sexual in nature somehow. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel like we should make a point to talk about cursing in the Bible. 
because like uh, I do think it's fascinating that like Christians like hyper focus on this sometimes. And while I do think it's interesting because like obviously, like I guess like you could talk about like the political spectrum relating to this. Like there is many people on the left and the right that like go against cursing or like taboo words and like whether or not you should shame or use the n-word or whether you should not say run-of-the-mill curse words like lots of people have opinions about this but like why is it that christians have such opinions about this like is cursing (laughs) or curse words in the bible like for instance emily i would love to hear your opinion on whether or not jesus used a racial slur oh do you know where i'm talking about is this where he's talking about like the dogs don't sit at the table yeah, he's like even he's like yeah. talking to this Samaritan woman and he says even dogs will beg for scraps. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't have an opinion on it, but No, 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 yeah. I I think it's easy to preach on that Jesus was using a racial slur. I think it also comes down to like the culture in that time and like what yeah, what do we do with that? Like if you if you believe that Jesus used a racial slur, like what do we do with that? If you believe that he didn't, then like what does that say about like the character of Jesus you know like i don't really know how i feel about that i want to sit with that for a moment <laughs> yeah i feel like what people really care about are the implications like does that mean jesus wasn't a stand up guy i think it shows that jesus was human yeah yeah i yeah i feel like you could make an argument for that classic the, emily take by the way <laughs> <laughs> or what's the passage where paul is like talking about like he uses like a Greek word for or something, but it's never translated like that. It's always like refuse. Oh, oh, yeah. That also makes me think of the the passage in Isaiah. Like our best is like soiled rags. It gets translated soil soiled rags, but it means like menstrual towels. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is like, that's kind of f***ed up, but like that is like very strong imagery, right? Like wow, the yeah. author is obviously trying to make a point of what he thinks. Yeah. God is positioned towards our the people, our best actions. And even yeah. mm-hmm. even talk about like a a cultural metaphor. Uh, I I think Americans still have a terrible take on periods and stuff, but like I don't hear menstrual rag and think that is the dirtiest you could ever be. Right, like if we were going to like actually transliterate that into our cultural context we would probably say use toilet paper yeah something like that right like there was like a little bit more universal but like in that time and place that was seen as the dirtiest well and especially according to the deuteronomic code it was like yeah i mean these women were kicked out of camp and out of town for until the bleeding stopped Hmm. there are cultures that still do that yeah in that sense, relating to curse words again, like I can kind of appreciate the like the commitment to try to not other people. Like whether that means like fully denigrating them or like off-putting them by the language that you're using. Like it feels a little people pleasing, and maybe that's why I like it a little bit. <laughs> but like I can kind of see like where people are coming from, even if it's not like explicitly in the text or the code of faith or the like. I guess the closest I could see someone making an argument is where Paul is talking about, like, as much as you can live peaceably. Ooh, yeah. And if you and your actions and your words are going to cause someone to enter a place of non-peace, then that's on you. That's not on them. 
you know, like it's, it's him talking about like, if you are going to hang out with people who still eat kosher, eat kosher with them. Don't just like flaunt the fact that you're not kosher anymore, but like enter their space and join them in what matters to them and be respectful. Right. Ultimately it's just like be respectful of your, of their preferences or convictions. Yeah. But okay. So, but where would you fit in like the idea of, I don't know the right term for this, but I'm thinking of like irreverence or like uh, like unraveling the relationship between the sacred and the profane. Like, I feel like Jesus does that a lot. A lot of the prophets do that a lot. Like, what's his face going off and marrying a prostitute? Yeah. Like, where where is the... Hosea? What's the right amount of subversion? Um, I'm going to pull an Emily and say, I think this is extremely down to the individual relationships you have and with the people you know. Mm. Sure. You you find that line with every single person and that's just going to be different, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, if we're looking at what's profane, it's there's a lack of respect for things that are meant to be sacred. So I think it just depends on the individual relationship. You know, how much do how much respect do you have for this person who we should see as sacred or this situation that we should see as sacred, you know? Yeah. So there are certainly like norms that are can be mostly unspoken for the most part, like with individuals. I think, Josh, you're probably speaking to more of like a broad, maybe like a cultural norm sense. Sure. Of like how, how subversive is too subversive. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I err on the side of being almost not at all like most of the words that are called cuss words are probably going to be beeped in this episode like i know we've made the joke of like well it's in the bible and we're not going to beep it but at the same time did we not other that guy on instagram who commented that when we left that word in there <laughs> like we had a joke well, about it shouldn't read the bible then i don't know there's a lot more offensive things in the bible that's what's funny to me about it is like sure like you don't yeah. have to use cuss words or explicit language or sexual language to offend and subvert cultural norms. Sure. Like Jesus said a lot more subversive and controversial things, whether or not he used a racial slur to that Samaritan woman. Yeah. You know, like, like if we're getting, if we're going to get hung up on that, like there's, that's a very small piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I think what really depends is whether or not people in power are using denigrating language huh? Mm-hmm. versus like someone who is like, for lack of a better word, trying to punch up or subvert something. I think that that is, it's very different. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like when a president calls a whole country, a whole country. Very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. I think I'm kind of like for as much fun as I made of it early for the way I was raised to think about it is like, I kind of think of it as it seems like a pretty low bar Mm. to either self-censor or like beep our words in this episode. Mm -hmm. It's like the low hanging fruit of like, this is a cultural norm in America that is not that hard to honor. You know, like I have people over to record no normal people. And before every interview I say, so, you know, I will beep cuss words from all three of us on the finished product. However, please don't self-censor to a degree that it's like 
interrupting your normal modes of speaking because I want you to be you and I will just beep that in the Mm -hmm. end. But like that's that's kind of the thing of like I want us to have a moment together, the three of us, and I want to get to know you as a person on my podcast that I am interviewing. And I I want to try and get to a point where we feel comfortable and like actually are starting to get you know get to know each other, right? And I want to showcase that conversation. But uh, Josh, to your point, the verbal consent of it all, I think, is very important to me. You know, that's why I beep no normal people. That's why I beep Ravel. That's why Whiskey Bench does not beep is because they, from the beginning, were like, they just made it clear we're not going to do that. And that's mm. just the cultural norm we're going to set. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah, I like, I even really respect the way This American Life, they put up out a podcast episode and say, hey, just so you know, this is the unbeeped version. If you want a beeped version, <laughs> it's over on the website. Like, I love the disclaimer just because it, like, I, I guess it sounds very professional. And it's also a little fun to make fun of at the same time. Uh huh. You know, but it's just giving more control to the people listening to us. Like, it's probably not even a bad idea for us to make like a 20 second thing to play before the intro music on this episode saying, hey, just so you know, all of them are beeped, but it's going to be pretty obvious what we're saying and it might get annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, wouldn't hurt. But yeah, for the it's the low hanging fruit. Do you think curse words are a little bit of a red herring sometimes? Oh, what do you mean? Like people making a mountain out of a molehill. Like, for instance, I personally don't care. Like, I'm not going to react any differently or like I try to not react differently if someone uses a curse word around me unless they're like, I, I don't know how. Actually, that's a good point, because like, uh, I mean, there's probably a line somewhere where I'm like, hey, hey, man, hey, that's kind of that's probably pretty out of line. Like, maybe don't say that about that. Calm person. down, please. Yeah. So and maybe it's just mm-hmm. like when they're like pointing the arrow at somebody else. Maybe that's the line. But there is the obnoxious version, though, right? Of like, totally. So I went to the f- grocery store and this f- woman with the f- car. And it's like, okay, <laughs> can you, can you calm Whoa. down? I'm, I'm getting the sense that this is the only word you know. <laughs> but I think maybe some people like get hung up on like, oh, because they don't curse, that means like they're saying good stuff. Or because they do curse, they're subverting the system. Like they're raw and authentic. Like wow. I think it's maybe just like a mm. a little bit of a red herring sometimes. Like it's maybe not the indicator that we think it is. I like that. I mean, that's that's how Bad Christian came out the gate pretty early on in their episodes. They were like, "Yeah, we cuss. We're, you know, we're bad like, Christians. Yeah, we're gonna all like all their episodes were about cussing. Were they really? Oh, I didn't listen to the early for quite ones. a while. I mean, this was like 2014, 2015. Back when it was a lot more serious to me, and but also classic Martell, like that's what Driscoll was famous for. Totally. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, I think red herring is a is a good take for that. I like it's it's pretty easy to just attack the fact that somebody is cussing in a professional environment rather than say like, yeah, I mean, it could be an indicator of a lot more toxic behavior, but. Sure. It's easy just to like, well, I'm going to write you up because you said a bad word to a customer or whatever. Right. But uh, it does have a way of, I think like you've already pointed out, Josh, um, othering people, but also like attracting people to you. Like it's a, it's a way of like, it's just another in-group, out-group, it feels like. As long as a definition of cussing exists of like there are some taboo words. And it's like, are you on that side of the fence or this side of the fence? Right. Cool kid, good kid kind of thing. 
what's your what's your favorite way to combat? No, nope, I'm not going to use that word. What's your favorite way to respond some to someone who is using language in a way that you don't think is fair to use? Hmm. I think sometimes I'll ask the person like, do you think there's a what's another word that you would use instead of and then <laughs> um, and I think I do that partially to see like a if there is another word to truly describe like what they're trying to say. I will never forget this HR person at this one job I had. So I don't even remember what somebody said, but I just remember this this HR lady's awkward like response to it. And she was like, I'm too young for this conversation. And I was like, that wasn't really it. I see what you're uh, doing. But like that, what? that didn't really like discourage it. No. I always tried to, when I was managing, I tried to, this wasn't like cussing specific, but I tried to like frame it as like, this job is as professional as we make it. Like we're the ones who make this professional. Mm. And I feel like that could apply to cussing. But like if, I haven't done this yeah. in a while, but if someone is like <laughs> using language that I don't think is fair, I either just like ignore it, like I act like I didn't hear them, or I, <laughs> because ignoring is the best punishment, or I go, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, what do you, what, what do you, tell me mm-hmm, more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like try to make them oh, say wow. something worse. <laughs> oh, wait, you've asked me to say more on this no, podcast. No, that's, no, that's not me doing that, Stephen. <laughs> It's different, Steven. I know. That was a joke. That was a joke. <sighs> but now you're going to hear that and you're going to be like, hmm, what does Josh mean by that? No, I think the three of us know that that's a version of like, I don't know what to say yet. Please keep talking because we're right. Yeah. Because yeah. we're yep. podcasting. Yep. But if you like Let's be interested real. in somebody saying something terrible, it makes oh. them really aware of it. Like, oh, what did I just say? Oh, yeah. Puts them on the spot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's happened to me on Ravel before where one of you will be like, wait, say that again. I'm like, crap, what did I say? <laughs> well, yeah, but like asking for clarification is, I mean, that's a very genuine thing. I don't think I've ever done that to you where sure. I've been like, oh, Stephen just said. Wow. Stephen, tell me more about you that. You know what I was just thinking? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Do you love You know what woman? I was just thinking? Um, so my baby is now in the room with me. She just woke up from a nap and she's like staring at the microphone like, whoa. Welcome in, Thea. Um, but it made me think of like Alex and I, like when we're in conversation, thinking about like how often we cuss around her, you know, and oh. you know, sometimes you'll hear people like, oh, be careful what you say around like they're learning they're little sponges and they're soaking everything up. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, that's true. But at least like my child is learning like the appropriate ways to use words, you know, like, and to have that freedom of expression. Do you feel like your parents gave you that? Because I don't. Yes, I do. I, I really feel like they did. Huh. Um, And I'm glad that I'm instilling that in my child. I feel like it's. Do you have any thoughts? Taking me time to decouple the sensations of anger with cussing. I think that was like. Oh, yeah. Mm, that mm-hmm. That was a lot of like pulling on the thread and raveling out and trying to get them separated. Cause a lot of the time, the only time cussing would come out would be like outbursts. Hmm. And when I finally got to the point of like, okay, I think cussing has a, has room in comedy. I was like, Oh, here's another thing to pair it with. That doesn't make me feel nearly as threatened or bad. (laughs) Thea, you can't say that. You cannot say that. Amazing. She's Amazing. just looking at me like, don't tell me what to do. 
Well, we did it, friends. Thank you for my buck wild intro to the topic. Really set a mood for a while. But I appreciate you guys thinking about this with me. Like I haven't personally grappled with my cussing habits in a while, but it was good to check in and kind of like I definitely think I have new concepts to wrap around it, you know, even professionalism or verbal consent or Yeah. All those. Yeah, for sure. Child appropriate too. I think that's one that I've become aware of because sometimes Dixie will use a cuss word around our two-year-old nephew and I'll be like, <laughs> Dixie, you do not know that. Watch what you say. <laughs> their, their parents want that. So that's funny. Chill out, you know, like, but that's, that's back to the cultural norms, right? Figure that out. Make it explicit if it's. It don't just assume that the cultural norm that you're walking into is yours, right? Yeah, really. I think that that's a, that's a very good mindful thing. Any final thoughts from you two? Uh, if you want to leave us curse words in our reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will not cancel you. <laughs> as long as it's a good review. <laughs> we want you to be genuine in your in your communication with us. So if you feel the need to curse, do it. <laughs> Amazing. Emily, do you and Thea have a uh, a wholesome, encouraging word for us today? Or a curse word? Words have power. And however you use them, be mindful, be cautious. But at the end of the day, mean what you say and say what you mean. And have a great day. Yes! Welcome to the Whiskey Bench, where we pair cocktails with conversation. Whether we're diving deep into a meaty subject like the history of fascism, or why monetary policy drives inflation, or just bringing you the highlights of a crazy news week, we aim to look past the simple answers and discuss the complexity of our wild world. So pull up a chair, pour yourself a drink, and join us on the Whiskey Bench. Highline Media Network, artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.